0: Thanks for downloading this podcast from Coracle Online. This podcast was recorded at the Blue Debate at the IOD in London. And the theme for the debate was exploring the opportunities and threats of shipping's information boom. With a panel made up of James Tweed from Coracle, Nick Brown from Lloyd's Register, Neil Wise from IHS Fairplay, Corinne Langlois from the IMO, and Amy Pascoe from Blue Communications, many themes were delved into and this podcast will be published in a couple of parts so please do look out for the next one
1: it's it's my privilege to chair today's session which was really derived from um, a debate we had back in september which um, discussed the professionalism of shipping in terms of communications Uh, something at blue that we hold very dear uh, we think communications is something that should be strategic and not just tactical and from that discussion um, one of the clear sort of follow-up threads was this sort of in the upturn in proliferation of digital and social media and I think there was probably a, a fairly widespread agreement that it was going to, to both digital and social media had a significant role to play in communications within the shipping industry although I think it's also fair to say no one knew quite what that might entail and so we thought as part of our second uh, discussion brief we would look into exactly what digital and social media means to the industry and um, we have some we have some real experts on the topic with us Um, I don't want to talk too much, just a few uh, points of housekeeping. We, um, the idea here is Emma is monitoring live tweets as we speak and hopefully towards the end of the discussion we'll have some questions from outside the room coming through, uh, Emma which Emma will strategically filter on my behalf. Um, so hopefully we can get some interactivity, Emma will also be tweeting. We are also recording um, the debate. Um, so um, I think James is hoping, if, if it all works out, technology works out, to to, to p- post a podcast of the debate out um, in the next couple of days. Nick, I don't know if we can get you sort of further up here.
2: I <laughs> know. I just suddenly realised Come that. Come on, Nick. I'm can be,
1: shy. Yeah. be shy. You, you don't get away That's that easily. <laughs> I, I
3: was trying to be a virtue. <laughs>
1: So very quickly, um, Nick Brown uh, is a good friend of Blues, he is the Marine Communications Manager for Lloyd's Register. I think a lot of you know Nick. Um, I, I won't go into his bio, you should all have uh, his, his biography in front of you. Next to Nick is James Tweed, I'm delighted to have James here. Uh, James is the Managing Director of Coracle Online. I very much encourage you to go and have a look at what James is doing with regards particularly to, to social media. Um, next to me on my right is Corinne Langlois. do I pronounce that? That's good. Completely yeah. incorrect. Just thought it was Good enough. <laughs> yeah. Corinne has uh, a fascinating job title: New Media Officer for the International Maritime Organization. On my left is my fellow director uh, Blue, Amy Pascoe. And uh, last but not least, Neil Weiss, who's Managing Editor at, at Fairplay. Uh, so I think you know, what we're trying to do essentially today with the panel is have a pretty broad sweep of industry knowledge from both a publishing and communications PR perspective as well as we hope some, some, some interesting uh, contributions on digital and social media. Um, and I'm going to open things up, I think a couple of other points of reference. This is not just about hearing what the panel have to say, we really want to encourage some interactivity from you. Um, and there is a hashtag Emma, which is #hashbluedebate. If anyone is tweeting or twittering uh, uh, while while we do while we have this discussion, um, I think we're all keen to understand, firstly, what social and digital me- media means to us. And if I can ask that question, perhaps throw that over to to um, James to start off, uh, giving his. Uh, role as expert in the, in the audience um, and, and what would also be good is to have some context within the shipping industry if, if you can, thanks okay well,
0: um, thanks very much for coming along I'm not sure I uh, have ever described myself as an expert in anything but um, we'll, we'll give it a go and see if some of this rings true I think social media means a whole range of things to different people at different times, there's no one thing that if you like, defined social media apart from the fact that it's it's another way of having a conversation. Um, when I was a tank broker back in the dim and distant past, I used my telephone, my telex, my fax and probably most importantly pub pub time. You know that was where the conversation was. That's where the real heart of the industry was beating. Um, That's not to say that everyone in the tanker industry is an alcoholic, it's just that that's where people congregated, it was a nice sociable place. And social media is, in my view, something a bit like that, but it's online. It it allows us to stay at our desk and do our job, and yet connect with people on a global basis in 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 a warm environment. So whether you're on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, pushing out videos on YouTube, there's just Dozens of ways that you can engage and interact with people. And key to that is that the different channels have different types of audiences. And um, one of the lessons I think that um, is really worth trying to take on board is understanding where different audiences are on different platforms and understanding what authority you have on that platform. Now the word authority is an interesting one, but I'll give you an example by uh, what I mean is that I have authority with my children when it comes to, for instance, their homework. It's something that they would look to me and say, yeah, he, the old bloke with grey hair, he can help me with that homework. But if I want to have a conversation with them about their choice of music that I want them to turn down, and because I think it's rubbish, I have no authority with them. So, same person same two people but in one context i have authority and in another i have no authority and that's very much the case with social media different platforms you can have different levels of authority um i've now completely forgotten what you actually really asked me so what would what, what social digital media to you so to me it's yeah it's about it's about the conversation and it's about a way of uh, being able to have that conversation. And and conversation is is a two-way thing. It's about learning as well as teaching and as a company at Coracle we are engaged with professional bodies to help them train people for exams. That's where we started from. And our philosophy to doing that is connecting people to information they need. And that might be information that is found off social media platforms. So to me, it's a way of discovering what's happening in the real world, in real time, and finding ways to distill that into something useful.
3: Nick? I think I, I, I agree with much of what James said. I think certainly social or digital media is uh, it's faster. Uh, it's very inclusive, potentially. It's very cheap. Uh, as a publishing channel, and I think primarily for us, we see it as just another publishing channel, Um, but a very big and important one now. Uh, But that speed is very important because you get feedback very, very quickly, potentially. Um, But that inclusiveness, the ability for anybody to access that information, if they know where to look, or if you reach them, uh, I think is very important and what makes it so interesting. Um, In a global business like shipping, I think it's very important to us because we can reach a very large audience you know, very easily and quickly, potentially. Uh, I think a lot of people in shipping as well are, are quite conservative, and many don't see the point. Um, and maybe that is, as we were discussing before the start, just a generational thing. Uh, maybe it's a you know, party to you know, takes some time, but I think even you know, middle-aged shipping people by the time they, you know, get even more used to their iPads and they're killing time at an airport or on trains, we'll start to go, wow, you know, have you seen this stuff? Because um, there is a lot of information out there. I think the challenge for me, for us, uh, as an organisation, is how do we manage it uh, and make sense of it? I mean, you know, that role that journalists, you know, play in mediating the information out there is is, uh, is one of the key bits that I think is. To be sort of understood or addressed, or, or come to terms with uh, with so much stuff out there. How do you decide
1: where to look? Uh, Neil, from a publishing perspective, Nick described it. Uh, social digital media is another conduit effect of the publishing channel. Is that how
4: you view it? Yeah, it is. I mean, uh, we see it has a two-pronged benefit for us because it enables us, obviously, to to get our information out there very quickly. And what IHS Fairplay has done is developed what we call thought leaders, and they are people in the company who we believe have, if you like, the authority that was mentioned down here, so that if they are going to put something out, it's actually worth saying. There's no point putting something out there just for the sake of being able to get it out there quickly. So, we're, I mean, we're, like a lot of companies, we're really just beginning to do it. We're just getting head around it. But I think from a, the perspective of business, one of the the interesting conundrums it throws up for businesses, crisis management, it's gonna make crisis management that much more precarious because whereas once, it took journalists a while to get the head around the story, now you've got bits of information coming from anywhere during the crisis and you've got to work out what to do with them, but be aware of the fact that they're out there, so therefore if, if you're Reacting to a crisis, you need to be able to get on top of it very quickly and, and deal with it, rather than sitting on it. Which I think probably was what a lot of companies used to think they could get away with doing. And now it's it's just out there, and you've got to be able to be ahead
1: of the curve. Is there then uh, some messaging fundamentally is is still first and foremost what you what you need to understand is mean social, digital media, just another tactical channel?
2: I think it's fundamentally about online reputation management. I think it's another channel, yeah, it's another tool in the communications toolkit if you like. Um, and I think that public, public relations is it's about a two-way street. I think it's it's not propaganda, it is about having, it's creating dialogue with your stakeholders. and. I think it 's a fantastic, yes, I agree that there are threats, inherent threats involved, but I also think there 's a fantastic opportunity because it provides us with the ability to, to to target particular stakeholders, you know, as James said, there are different places, different people in different places, and as long as you can fundamentally understand, as you should with any communications program, who you 're trying to talk to, what you 're trying to say, and the best means of reaching those people then it's great, because you can actually listen to what people are saying, you can engage with them, you can create dialogue. Um, I totally agree with what you're saying about the generational thing, and I think it's... I, I know very well that there are people within the industry that think it's a waste of time, and but I just... It's unavoidable. I just... you know, I, the, I don't think... I think that's what came up from the last event that we had, was that these are no longer buzzwords in the shipping industry. This is something that we all need to now get on with understanding and using and, and, and frankly, benefiting from.
1: And Karine, it's great to have you here. In as much as your full time job is managing, from my understanding, social digital media for the IMO. And I think we'd all be sort of fascinated, as, you know, not, not least in terms of what Amy mentioned in terms of the messaging be so important. Presumably, it's not just about you understanding, you know, in terms of tactics, how to properly use the, 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 the social and digital media elements you have in front of you. But also, presumably, there's a lot of liaison within IMO, which I think we're all aware has to, to presumably shape its messaging quite carefully. Um, and how, how does that work? if you could describe yeah.
5: that too. Uh, yeah, very good question. Um, as you probably obviously know, IMO as a very conservative and traditional institution, uh, so the fact that, first of all, they created this position means that, okay, they're um, interested and they're willing to now, you know, sort of play with or at least open up to, you know, this thing, this new ways of communicating and uh, this whole reputation of not being so transparent. I think they're starting to address um, this with uh, social media. So um, one of the first thing I had to do when I joined um, IMO in this capacity is to um, try to understand, well, the different messages that we need to share but first of all, what platform makes sense for us to use, trying to identify which audience is on which platform. I mean, it was kind of a we were really starting from nothing, um, from the seafarers, shipping industry, ship owners, lawyers, press. How do we address all these people, uh, and how do we share our messages? So it was a bit of a, it was a big challenge. But I think now it's been about a year, we've been able to strategically um, gather also feedback from these people. I think that for for us at IMO, it was not just the traditional way where uh, you know we would. Create a message, push it down to the media, and the media would put it down to the public. It's completely changed. I mean, we're still doing it in some ways um, because we still communicate with traditional media. But at least now we're having a conversation, and not even a dialogue, but really a conversation where it's different people, you know, feeding us their comments, and we, you know, we take that into account and we try to answer using the best platform possible. Uh, we've often been criticised for being um, very technical and even sometimes difficult to understand for journalists. What does that mean? All these acronyms. So uh, now we're trying to make small videos. For example, I've brought a couple here that explains in a more, you know, general or, or sums up what, uh, you know, what is our policies and environment, for example. So I think that's been the way that we've developed um, the strategy, and uh, all of that as well has, has been um, encouraged by the UN. In New York, uh, so within a UN family, that's also where we uh, we, f- we felt it was uh, appropriate for for us to engage in social media.
1: And how does that blend of still, you know, from the IMO, IMO perspective of still using traditional media well, we marry d- with, with the social digital?
5: Yeah, the thing is, we still have you know so many, every day we have um, a media inbox and we get you know questions every day on that traditional, people still write articles on you know, newspapers and things like this, so we get asked every day lots of questions on meetings and regulations and treaties. But equally now, we get almost as many questions on Twitter, uh, on Facebook, and on uh, Flickr now, people want to use our photos, they go directly and ask us on Flickr if they want to publish things in their magazines, so we sort of have and we have very limited capacity within our team at IMO so one person does more traditional media and now I'm handling all the other mm. uh, social media so we're trying to integrate and making sure our message is c- coherent in, in, in both um, yes yeah, fear so that's
1: uh, it's, it's, it's very interesting I mean it's one I'd like to come back to is where yeah. the traditional media may end up you know not just in shipping um, um, but, 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 but What's the role for you know, fair play, trade laws? lawyers? How do they develop? How might they develop? How, what sort of avenues might we see them follow?
4: I, I think it's, uh, picking up on the point the, about the conversation, I think that's a really important facet of the, the media industry in general is that the media has come from a, a monolithic background where the media, if you like, dictated the agenda of what was to be said. And it's completely turned around now, whereby the, it is a conversation, and if you like, the, the audience is beginning to call the tune, and, and, and we have to respond to that. It's, we as the media are no longer capable of just sitting there and saying, this is the way it is, this is what we say, and this is the way we want to say it. And, and I think that's exciting because it's actually stimulating and making journalists and people involved in the media think more about what their audience wants and be more open-minded so I think it's a really healthy beginning for us.:
1: Can I open this question up? I, has anyone in the room had experience of, of internally or otherwise of so using social digital media, or, or are you here to, to, to try and understand it better with perhaps a view to using it?.
5: Um, from the
4: we started to use it a little bit before my arrival, mainly at Twitter at the moment. One of the things that I think is most, uh, is, is a positive byproduct of just generally being present in the conversation that's going on and linking up to lots of people at once, is that we're actually driving um, a lot more traffic to our website, albeit our website isn't updated, and hopefully we'll be better at people towards it soon anyway. It's actually quite just, I, I find it a really good way of getting information out to people without doing formal, needing to do a formal press release necessarily. It's just a quick response to something, or um, you just want to let people know that any publications come out, it's not necessarily, you know, it's not to be a good formal thing, but people can find that information very quickly.
2: I think, <clears throat> from my perspective, that's a really good point, actually. I think that. You know, essentially the, me- the media are, are gatekeepers and public relations is not just about media relations. It's about, it's about talking to your stakeholders, whoever they might be in the various stakeholder groups. And the media is obviously one in whichever format that takes, but that's one mechanism of, of reaching them. But that's not to say it's the only one. And I think that social and digital media platforms now give us more channels and if you can reach them direct, I think that's that's fantastic and I think that we all need to be aware that it it is about understanding who you're trying to talk to and, and where they are and how they are, how, how they're consuming information. I mean, one of the things that Emma and I were talking about the other day is just the, just whole different way now that people are consuming information and that people don't really have the attention span anymore. I mean, it's, it's much more about sort of data snacking and um, instant gratification of, I don't know, you've got emails coming in and oh, who's that and what have they got to say? And you've you know, got your RSS feed and what have they got to say? And it's people don't have time in their daily lives anymore to constantly sort of sit down and spend half an hour reading a certain article, for example. But that's not to say that they won't do that. I mean, there's always still going to be a place for that traditional media. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. It's not that. It's not No, exactly. I think it all, it all it works. Exactly. And for those people like me that have a bit of a smell of paper fetish, glossy magazines are never going to go away. They're, they're absolutely mm-hmm. imperative.
1: But it's okay. Are we just talking about the end of Law's List as a newspaper we open up? And are we actually talking about Law's List? On a tablet in the airport, and we, is it is is what we're talking about just a difference, a, a, a change in the way we view the information we receive, or are we talking more about what that information looks like? It's it's a different package, is it not, James? Well, I
0: I think it's a really um, it's a very difficult, it's a very big problem about. You know, what does Lloyd's list of the future look like? It's the same as what does the Wall Street Journal look like or the Times look like in the future. They've got a business model which has served them very well for a long time, which is spend and invest in quality journalism and charge a price to, to, to read that. And, and that's a model that personally, I think, is under, you know, under, under time pressure, won't last for very much longer. Um, it's very difficult to kill the golden goose, is my guess. I've just come back from Silicon Valley last week, talking to companies, and what blew me away was, um, I don't know if anyone's familiar with Salesforce. Yes. You know, it's a pretty well-known, decent uh, customer relationship management system, and very successful company, billions of dollars its value. And they wanted to develop a product, which you may have seen, called Chatter which is a little bit like Twitter, but internally, and you can talk to customers, great. Really good product, and they sat in a management meeting and they said, which, which of our other products shall we kill? Because we need to redirect our resources to developing chatter. And they ended up moving 50% of their human resources and their cash into developing that, at the expense of, at the time, the bit that was making them the most money. That's a phenomenally brave thing to do. But to me, speaks volumes about the role of a social media platform within something else. Now, whether a newspaper is going to be able to take a brave decision like that and actually rethink their business model, (coughs) only time will tell. I suspect they will when they're forced to. Um, For the time being, I see social media as um, it's different to what they're doing. Stuff on you know twitter or facebook is not considered journalism and i don't think it should ever be mistaken as such but it may be good primary source information and and that is also valuable it's just it's different
2: but it's, is it not still though about trusted sources because i think what we're saying is about complementary sources of information i mean you i don't know what you think about this but I think there are some sources of information, whether they be traditional media, digital media, bloggers, people you are following on Twitter. There are some sources that you believe that you can trust. And there are some other sources that you will use and you will use them to aggregate information. But you wouldn't necessarily, you would potentially take what they were saying with a pinch of of salt and, and perhaps it would need further investigation. I think that, and I guess this is one of the the threats really, is that it's not safe to take everything at face value nowadays because, with the speed with which information is being relayed, it's not always the correct information. And I think if people get ahead of themselves, um, that's when it becomes dangerous. I mean, you know, for me, I don't know, journalism surely is about collating, aggregating information, but it's also about investigation, yep. and I think, you know, we've, I think, noticed a couple of instances, without naming, certainly nobody here, but recently of, frankly, lazy journalism, where they have, a, they have aggregated information, but there's been no investigation, no follow-up, and when you actually know the facts behind it, you know that they've, one would assume, tripped over themselves to get the information out there but then it's not necessarily incorrect, but it's imbalanced, which again, for traditional media, I'm assuming, one is supposed to be... Fair yeah, and balanced. Fair and balanced. Yeah. Um, so that I think is, you know, I think for me, that's where this, this pace of information provision, that's, that's one of the threats that, that <laughs> one has to be aware of.